Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the podcast production company that's making the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts and a sixth event podcast, but we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for listening. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pun. Get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. There are plenty of different designs available, so there is guaranteed to be something you love. To show your love of Dum Dums and Dice, go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B. D-U-M-B. D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back? Redbubble.com slash people slash dumb dumb dice. Get your merchandise today. All art supplied by the brilliant decapitated markers. Welcome to One Shots, a Dumb Dumbs and Dice podcast where professional voiceover actors and improvisers tackle one-shot stories created in a variety of hit RPGs. I'm your host, DJ One Shot, and I'm here to welcome you back to Eberron. This arc features our DM, Tom McGee, Ryan LaPlante as Mr. Pig, Tyler Hewitt as Peppercorn Littlefoot, and Laura Elizabeth as Resident Badass Mercy. After finding their quarry dead and capturing an assassin, our heroes had to fight off an army of mercenaries trying to kill everyone on board their train. Now they've had to team up with a prince. Mr. Pig has been heavily injured, and they drove the train off the tracks and straight into the Mornlands. Will they be able to survive the monsters in the fog? Or will they get eaten or killed by the pursuing mercenaries? Nobody knows, cause it's one shots! Eberron Edition, Episode 5. You're not supposed to go into the Mornlands. A lot of people lost a lot of friends, family, loved ones, possessions. There's a lot of wealth, a lot of technology, a lot of magic hidden in the Mornlands. But you're not supposed to go there because the things that happen there defy logic. They defy reason. They defy sanity. There are monsters there and things unlike anything anyone should ever see. And yet the Mornlands are where you find yourselves now. In the ashes of Sire. In the city. Fuck, I lost my place. Uh, Ash- Asha? Uh, Esten. Esten. In the city of Eston. Um, you're making your way down a road. Um, currently, there are six of you. Um, there are obviously uh, our three party members um, as well 
as uh, the heir to house, uh, sorry, the um, heir to uh, Sayer in general, um, Prince Orgev, uh, and his two remaining guards. And if they're still alive, an unconscious shapeshifter strapped to mercy. Yes, who at this point has dropped their mask entirely and is is just kind of a a blank body. At this point, um, you've tied them up. Um, I'll say we can count this as a short rest. So if you want to spend hit die, you can. Great. Um, But uh, keep in mind the idea of short rest, in this case being walking down a long misty road um, further and further into Eston. As you do so, uh, Peppercorn, you're looking through the journal that you took off mm-hmm. of um, Varen. Um, and it seems that uh, what Varen was able to discover is that um, the rogue gatekeepers um, seem to be working with um, House Corrin to harness energy from other planes, um, possibly to power the Warforged. Uh, possibly to, to create better weapons. But either way, it was kind of their great play uh, to win the last war and to become the, the most powerful house. Um, however, from from what he's been able to ascertain, uh, there seemed to be um, a division at one point. Um, two of the lead researchers had drastically different ideas about um, how to use this technology. The gatekeepers, as uh, Varen says in his notes, um, were entrusted long, long ago with protecting um, portals to other dimensions uh, and to other worlds. Um, a lot of the darkness and demons and monsters in this world came spilling out of those portals long ago, and as a result, they've been entrusted with renewing the seals that keep all those gates sealed. Uh, House Corinth, however, decided that maybe, just maybe, that time was over, and it was time to start using this power and harnessing this power for something greater. And unfortunately, the two rogue gatekeepers assisted that, them with that um, until a fight came. There was a fight, uh, an ideological fight. And again, his notes are scattered, but this is what he's been able to ascertain. He said the two sort of uh, the two rogue scientists both had a very different idea of what to use the technology for. Uh, he's not sure, but he thinks their disagreement may have had something to do with the morning. Uh, as you read on in the notes, um, the Deepmire lab apparently was host to all manner of things, including um, what seems to have been a portal to another House Corinth facility in Sharn. Um, he wasn't sure about this. He was actually in Sharn attempting to find this uh, when his, uh, his cover was blown, which led him to flee. So, from the sounds of things, the portal in the Deepmire might be your best way out of the Mornlands. Unfortunately, you really have to go into the belly of the beast to find it. But in doing so, uh, even though you aren't able to bring Varen back, you may be able to bring back the item that uh, he seemingly died for, which you think would fulfill your your obligation to Carmilla as well as possibly prevent another tragedy on the scale of the morning. So we still don't know what this specific item is, though. Uh, It seems to be listed as a scroll. A scroll, Um, that's right. That was mentioned before. There is... um, you know from kind of general gatekeeper lore um, that there are items that can be used to reseal portals uh, and to refresh portals. So, and that they can be any manner of things. Sometimes they're a person, sometimes they're a bloodline. Um, so essentially, it's not outside the realm that uh, a scroll could be one of these seals. Um, and it could be what, uh, what the, specifically the gatekeepers hired you to find. Um, and getting it back into their hands would likely be a, a pretty big win for all involved. 
getting it back into the gatekeeper's hands or into Carmilla's hands, or is that the same um, thing? Carmilla was hired by the gatekeepers. It's, it's her clients. Okay, um, okay. Yep. We just wanted to make sure we weren't yeah, accidentally factions. choosing factions. Yeah. Um, also, uh, Prince Orgev is a very, very high placed, even though he's uh, sort of a king of refugees or prince of refugees right now. No, I mean, um, yeah, if we ensuring treat his, right. his survival would, would also be a pretty big win uh, for you as investigators um, because you would likely then begin to get contracts from him as well as from Carmilla. Mm-hmm. So um, it would seem your mission has become um, infiltrate uh, the Deepmire Lab facility, uh, find the scroll that the gatekeepers require, find the portal, and get the fuck out of the morning. Or the Mornlands, rather. Um, so, again, you've had a bit of time on the road. Is there anything you guys want to discuss before we move ahead to Deepmire? Uh, well, certainly I would have re- relayed all the information in the journal as sure, I'm basically yeah, yeah. probably reading it aloud as we walk we walk down this and path. And it very much started from like a, hi, I've infiltrated as um, uh, Bill and Reese, um, blah, blah, blah. I started talking yeah. to people. I found out this. I found out this. I found out this. Um, and then just kind of escalating in a classic Resident Evil way where it's like, oh, yeah, the, the scientists keep talking about how pissed they are that they've lost the Deepmire research, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, no, I was just going to say, I think like after going through the journal, like figuring out how to navigate through all this mist would be uh, Peppercorn's main focus. Yeah, I have my because I've got the like the robot gem eye thing. Yep. Uh, that's it. It's one of my artificer items, right? I chanted at the beginning. It helps me see in, like, the dark and shit. I don't know if that helps with the mist at it all. It does. Um, so as you walk, um, you can see uh, generally at distance, um, it very much is, like, think a, a, like a, um, a little bit like uh, Vegas in Blade Runner uh, 2049. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or Silent Hill if the city was apocalyptic rather than, not like the nightmare city, but the regular city, but slightly more apocalyptic. There's broken highways. There's um, sort of large, beautiful buildings that that are are um, twisted. Um, uh, 40K chaos is kind of a decent way to think of how some of these things have been shaped. Um, occasionally you hear birds um, and you see uh, me- razor-winged mechanical birds swoop overhead um but instead of evoking the beauty and wonder they were supposed to they um provoke a, a deep unsettling sense of terror um being a warforged yourself mercy you kind of know how these things are meant to mechanically operate mm-hmm. and these are unnatural this is this is beyond anything you've encountered and it's it's horrific even i feel uneasy here well, that doesn't bode well does it you know what? We just got to focus on where we're going. It's going to be fine if we can get the scroll. Let's focus on the mission. I say to myself as I, I, I've been like thinking of doing something all day and I'm realizing this is also a terrible <laughs> moment, so I don't. And I'm like, okay, we, yeah, this is, it's going to be fine. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fine. We just got to go get the scroll. It's going to be fine. Um, so, Mercy, with kind of your knowledge of um, coding and House Corinth uh, procedure, you're able to ascertain what Varen meant when he described where sort of the entrances mm-hmm. to Deepmire are. Um, the Deepmire facility is very hidden, um, but you find kind of an abandoned restaurant um, hmm. with a um, sort of a cargo entrance. And as you lead down the cargo entrance, you realize that there's no basement. It's instead just kind of a, a long ladder um, down a, a concrete um, sort of tube, essentially. Um, 
as you start to crawl, as the all of you begin to climb down, um, Snake Eater begins to play. Yeah, Snake Eater <laughs> begins to play. Um, uh, little individual kind of dollar-sized lights begin to blink on, um, but only for as long as you pass. It's almost like phosphorescence. Mm. Uh, and eventually, um, as you keep moving further and further down, you get colder and colder and colder. Not mm. uh, unnaturally cold, but um, it's definitely uh, it's definitely chilly. Um, and you. Uh, you finally kind of come out on a, a platform um, with sort of a, a large ornate gate um, covered in clockwork cogs and gears um, with a small panel um, that just says Deep Mire. The door appears to be closed. And does the light follow us or are we going to need to kind of figure out how to... Um, no, it only works down the tunnel. Uh, okay. Once you enter this main room, um, there are, you can see there are kind of alchemical globes, but they seem to have um, been, been long shattered. So, uh, anybody good at picking uh, science locks? I'm imagining I, Peppercorn, you and me, we could take a look at this being uh, specialists ourselves. Oh, I won't, you know, shy away from uh, having a little looky-loo, but uh, no, I'm not, I'm not a professional lock picker in any way. All right, so it sounds like we have two artificers looking at an artificer system, but we're not lockpick experts. Sure. <laughs> um, so, go ahead and roll me, um, we'll just say, an intelligence Straight intelligence. Uh, investigation's fine, I guess. That's a 12 for Mr. Littlefoot. That is an 18. 18? For Mr. Pig. So um, you can recognize a bit of the construction. It's very elaborate. Um, given that you're more of a turret guy than a, an elaborate trap guy, it's not exactly a, a one-to-one for you. Um but, you know, using your tools, you're able to kind of ascertain where the lock is and what it is. Um, but it's, it seems to be more of a, a dexterity-based lock than, a, than an artificer lock. Um, but to your surprise, uh, Prince Orgev actually pushes past and says, um, sorry, uh, uh, pardon me, uh, new friends, um, do you mind? And he starts uh, fiddling around with the lock. Um, and uh, to your surprise, he's actually able to jimmy it, uh, and the gears begin to spin, and he's like, Palaces are awfully boring places. Uh, so I guess open sesame. Honestly, uh, you don't need to make any excuses here, friend. This is very useful. Um, so the gears shift and kind of with a rumble, um, the uh, the doors uh, begin to part. Um, as they do so, um, you hear a horrific shriek um, and a Close creature comes running uh, out of the darkness um, with kind of... Uh, Red eyes. Its its head and body seem almost fused. Um, it's got vaguely goblin esque features, uh, forearms, um, and it's got a mace in each arm. Uh, and it rushes directly for the prince. Uh, Mercy, can you roll me an initiative, mm-hmm. please? Ooh, six. All right, I rolled a three, so Yay. you got damn lucky. So think of this as <laughs> as uh, the prince essentially uh, dogs purposing it. So he just <laughs> drops to the ground, um, and you kind of rush and leap over top of him, mm-hmm. uh, sort of axe out. Um, the creature appears to be, um, it almost has two faces that have been fused together, oh, uh, and it's screaming in goblin. Um, you, yeah, you land squarely in front of the prince. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Um... And this will be um, with my... 
I gotta go with the battle axe. <laughs> I, I understand. Um, and is the creature like leaping or anything? Or we it's just, just, it's, it's just it's think like just a, 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 a all out sprint, like a fast zombie in um, Twenty Eight Days Later. Mm, so okay. just like running, pumping all forearms. All forearms have like one has a pipe, one has like a, a broken blade, like dangerous shit. And I, so I, I will run forward just to get all yep. of the strength possible um, with my arms and the battle axe above me, mm-hmm. and just time it to come straight down on its head. Sure, uh, go ahead and. Roll. Um, and I will use a precision attack on that as well. Cool. So that's twenty three to hit. That'll hit. Okay. Go ahead and roll your damage. Uh, oh, that's a ten, right? Yeah, the zero's Yay! a ten. Okay. Uh, so <laughs> I just thought it was zero for a second. <laughs> that's fourteen damage. Fourteen. All right. Yeah. Um, so your blade slices cleanly through, and I think in like Zack Snyder 300 style leaping <laughs> slow-mo, yeah. um, you land, uh, and even though these two goblins had been fused by, by sort of the, the horrible mutations, you being a proper medic, separate them cleanly. <laughs> um, and, uh, the creature splits apart as it runs past you. Uh, and for a hot second, you're able to to look and analyze the interior workings of this creature. Uh, and to your, um, I guess, curiosity more than anything else, you see two complete sets of internal organs. Um, and then the parts kind of fall to, to either side. Oh, my goodness. Um, there seems to be no other movement uh, coming from the tunnel. Okay. Um, so I just turn around and say, onward? Well, I'm going to take this opportunity to cast a, uh, a spell on the prince. Mm-hmm. This spell is uh, Warding Bond. Uh, it's a touch spell, nice. so I give him plus one to AC, and he is resistant to all damage. Uh, but he and I now, uh, uh, I, t- I take any damage that he receives as well now. Cool. All right. Oh, interesting. Um, so he, uh, he kind of turns to you and says, uh, uh, thank you. Oh, yeah, no problem. Uh, I, I think it's probably in our best interest if you uh, stay alive and tell everyone what a good job of protecting you we did. Honestly, I will be happy to do that and more. Uh, you know, these two aren't too bad either. And he, he nods to uh, the two women who are, who are still with him. And they, they're both kind of fucked up from all the fighting. But um, it, they're doing that classic kind of like proper bodyguard thing where they're clearly pretty fucked up. And they're just like, hmm, yeah. Yeah, okay. Hey, ni- nice to meet you. I'd, I'd help out, but. Spell slots, you know? No, I, no, you're, you're doing the right thing. It's important we keep him alive. He's he's He carries all of our hope with him. Oh, all right, that's pretty heavy. All right, let's... <laughs> Remember when you were talking about advantages of being... Advantages of being super rich? Right there. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. People are like, all of my hope is in that man. Is it because he's rich? Seems that way. Uh, we have a very limited understanding of... The lifestyles of the rich and the famous. Honestly, I'm, I'm just trying to find my people a new home. I don't want to see any more die than than already did here. It's it's actually just horrible being back here. This this is where where everyone died. All right. So from uh, what he's saying and what we've seen, it might actually just be that he's an incredibly decent leader. Well, then let's get him the hell out of here. Um, so uh, you begin to make your way uh, down into the facility uh, as you start to descend. Um, Though you can hear kind of like clanging of metal back up in the sort of from the top of the uh, the tunnel, 
not, not the sorry the tunnel you're in, but the uh, the tube you climb down. The shaft. Yeah, you mm-hmm. can you can hear voices and kind of uh, exploratory noises. Um, but uh, everyone's speaking common, and it seems to be um, you suspect you're being tracked. I don't have anything to help us with that. I do. It's called uh, moving faster. It's uh, gonna go over real good. <laughs> uh, Ryan, Pragmatic you, as always. You also have this won't stop all of them. Uh, I believe you have a spell called snare. I do. Yeah. So what that lets you do is create a magical snare on the ground that, if stepped on, will hoist them into the air. Yeah, but it'll catch how many, Tom? It'll catch like one. Yeah, I've got like three spell uh, slots. Right, so. I understand. I just wanted to, I wanted to make you aware of your options. But, you know, your other spell going real fast, also pretty good. Works for <laughs> yeah, boy like, Sonic. It's going to work for you. There's options. Uh, if we ever hit like a, a really tight tunnel that they have to go through, let me know, because that's where I can drop a real nasty turret. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, okay, so you make your way into the facility. Um, as you sort of get past this sort of almost loading bay area, um, you find yourself in kind of a, a, a large vehicle garage. There's lots of carts um, and sort of transport um, things. Um, and uh, honestly, f- the facility, once you're inside it, is remarkably clean. Uh, it seems that um, the uh, the sort of dust and debris from outside haven't uh, entirely infiltrated. The, the facility may have actually remained sealed off. Um, you make your way kind of through the vehicle bay into um, a series of hallways. Uh, a good comparison would be a modern hospital um, with kind of um, open research labs along the way. Um, you know, whenever they get behind the scenes on Westworld, it's kind of a that mm. a that vibe. Um, some of the rooms have been completely warped and twisted. Um, uh, there's glass that almost seems to have mouths in it. There's um, walls that have been... Uh, Warped. You can. There are some places where the the entire hallway kind of seems to to curl in on itself, um, but you're able to continue to make your way downward. Um, finally, um, you sort of reach uh, the the center of the facility, um, and uh, you've kind of been following signs for uh, special developments. And um, as you make your way, kind of into um, the the central space, it's a large octagon. Um, and, uh, you reach sort of a, a set of double doors, um, but you can see light coming out from underneath them. Uh, it seems almost like lantern light and you can hear something, um, shuffling wetly around inside. Is it just, um, the door frame that we see the light through? There's no like windows in the door or anything like that? Or um, the, there are windows, to look through? uh, there are windows that seem to have been taped over by something. Oh, okay. Um, there is no keyhole. Okay. Uh, and uh, this will all be in like kind of a hushed voice. Um, Peppercorn will say, um, Prince uh, Orgav, do you have any idea what's on the other side of these doors, like the layout of this place at all? Uh, no, I'm, I'm sorry. My, my family didn't, uh, didn't have much connection to the Corinths, at least not, not me. Yeah, all right. Um, shall we uh, adjust the marching order and let Mercy uh, take the first steps through? I think that might be the uh, smart thing to do, unless you got another idea, Mercy. It all makes sense. All right, everybody be ready to pork some ass uh, so we can get out magic ready and shit. (laughs) Sure. Um, So, Mercy, you boot open the doors, um, and uh, inside is a large, it looks like an operating chamber. Um, There are diagrams up uh, on various walls. 
um, in the center, there seems to be a, um, a sort of a series of desks that have been pulled together. Um, and there's a large misshapen, um, man, uh, dragging kind of his leg. Um, and, uh, his, his body seems to be, uh, almost covered in, uh, large tumors. Um, and, uh, as you, he's got sort of the, the remnants of a lab coat hanging off him. Um, and as you enter, he, he kind of, uh, turns and, and looks at you, um, and, on his face, one eye is open in surprise, um, and the other eye that's kind of halfway down his chest also looks at you in surprise. Uh, and he says, oh, oh, no, uh, hello? Hey, bud. Hi. How, uh, how's it going? Yeah. Are you here to kill me? Uh, we don't have to be. Uh, Could you be? We, well, we didn't come here to do that. So we're, uh, we're here looking for a scroll. Yeah. What, 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 do, you, what do you want the scroll for? Uh, we need to be able to uh, get it to, like, the good gatekeepers so that they keep the gates closed and uh, we get the fuck out of here. So, so wait, are, are, you, are you trying to, to seal us off from the other worlds or are you, trying to, are you trying to stop it? Are you trying to stop the collide? What do you prefer? You, it's not enough to seal us off. That'll, that'll doom us. That's, that's, no, you, you have to, you, if, if you have people who have access to the gates, you have to get it to them. Well, yeah, we, we, we do have people with access to the gates. That's what we want to do. Okay, great. Okay, thank, thank the gods. Look, um, my, name, uh, my name is Avalon Riker. I, I was the head researcher here. Uh, <laughs> oh, come on. I, <laughs> I, made, uh, I made some mistakes. I, I, used to, I used to be with the gatekeepers. Um, me, and, uh, me and my partner, well, we had, um, we had some ideas about where, where you could go. And what you could do, and uh, we could see that the the last war was was never going to end. So we we tried to take matters into our own hands. Um, I, uh, I I made contact. Um, this is going to sound crazy, but and he like points to himself. He's like, but you know, here we are. I believe anything a guy yeah. like you, thank who you, looks like you, has to say. Yeah, great. Okay, so here's the deal. I made contact with a, a version of me, not not me, me, but like a version of me in, in another world. Uh, but his world had had no magic in it at all, right? And I thought maybe if, if we could give them some of our magic and they could give us some of their technology, we could, we could bring an end to all of this. Um, but uh, Corinth was, uh, they, they were too greedy. They wanted too much. And um, we figured out a way using our magic to, to open gateways. But in doing so, we, we let something in. Um, I think, fuck, I, honestly, it, it was a mistake. But now that, it's, now that the, the veil between the worlds has been torn, it's not enough to just close it off. Um, I, I, I always knew that someone would come for me, but I always I thought it would be him. I thought it would be my partner, Xanthus. He, he wants to shut us off from the rest of the worlds. If, if he thinks if we seal ourselves off, if we, we can just protect Eberron, that we'll be fine. But that's not what's going to happen. It's going to eat us from the inside out, and that's going to come for everything else. You need to take the scroll. And he, he goes to a drawer, um, and he, he kind of like um, presses his hand against it. And there's a metallic, there's a series of beeps. Um, and from a modern eye, we'd recognize this as a biometric mm. lock. Uh, it's not like the technology that you know or understand. Uh, the drawer pops open, um, and he brings over a blank scroll, and he says, this doesn't look like much, but you, you need to get it to the people who, who know what to do with it. Okay, but uh, who, who are those people? 
Hey friends, it's Ryan, but like regular Ryan, as himself, talking about dumb dumbs and dice. Yeah, so I'm one of the people behind this show. Obviously, you're listening to the show. You're loving this show. Somebody's doing great. Probably, probably not me, but like Tom, he does really good work. Tyler does really good work. Uh, third person also does really good work. I don't know what show this is on. But the important thing is that you can support the show and join the show at patreon.com slash dice. That's right, that address that I totally just said. Go there, join Dum Dums and Dice, support the show. It's going to be great. Get it to the gatekeepers. They'll know what to do. Okay, we can do that. That's uh, that's our end game. Um, he's like, okay, so there's, there's a portal. Um, it, it's going to take a while to charge up, but I think we can. Um, and then... Uh, a bullet tears through his shoulder. Um, he drops, and um, as you turn, sort of striding through the door are just a bunch of um, the mercenaries from the skiff, um, and leading them is uh, someone we would recognize as a drow. Um, hmm. In this world, uh, just kind of uh, midnight blue skin, red eyes, um, and he's like, Riker, you fucking son of a bitch. We've got to shut it down. What have you done to yourself? Um and uh, they kind of fan out, and uh, as he looks, he says, oh, and, and Prince Orgiv, well, two for one, what do you know? Um, so you're all in a standoff. Um, obviously, the guards have their, their blades down. Mm-hmm. Um, Xanthus has a rifle. Oh, we'll say pistol. Pistol makes more sense. Uh, he has a pistol. There are five guards and Xanthus. You have Riker, who's bleeding, but not badly injured. The two guards who have their kind of halberds down, and the rest of you kind of standing. So we have six, including Riker. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll lean down to... Well, are we in a situation where I can move freely, or am I going to well, get shot if thing. I touch Riker? Um, <laughs> Xanthus has a gun. Um, it's a flintlock, so he might have another round, but at most he has two. Um, guns are still kind of a touch and go thing here. You've got like an enchanted one, but for most people, black powder weapons are still black powder weapons. Okay. Um, Riker is a weird pustule man. You're not really (laughs) sure what, if anything he can do. Um, the guards, as I said, were kind of wounded. Uh, the mercenaries are also a little fucked up. Like you can tell their clothes are a bit ripped. They likely encountered some of those razor birds. Um, there also aren't nearly as many of them as by your count there should be. Hmm. So two of them will say two have crossbows, three are close combat guys. So the crossbow guys have their bows up. Xanthus has another bullet. So if you move, they will likely shoot at you. Yeah. But there are also more of you than them. So wubba-lubba-dub-dub. Wubba-lubba-dub-dub indeed. Um, I won't make the first move then. Um, Peppercorn is not. Not that kind of guy. <laughs> He's not going <laughs> to initiate anything. Uh, and I've already got, like, because I geared up before we even came into this room. So I've got one of my, like, Klingon whip things in one hand. And Jade Hand is always ready to party. Uh, who's Who took the scroll? Or is it still in Riker's hand? Who would have taken the scroll? I think probably, probably. Peppercorn. Yeah, that yeah. would make the most yeah. sense. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Xanthus kind of raises the gun. And he's like, look. Let us take, let us take the scroll. Let us shut all of this down. Look, look at where we are. Look what's happened. Look at this man you're defending. This, this is a hellscape. We, we, we have to seal ourselves off. Look, I used to be like him too. I used to think that maybe you know we could we could use powers from other places. I thought maybe there was. It doesn't matter what I thought. Look, we got to shut it down. We have to seal ourselves off. Fuck the other worlds. 
We need to protect ours. And I, I look over at Mercy, and I imagine we've got enough of, like, usual conversation that we can have these moments mm-hmm. where you just sort of, like, nod because we've been together for a long time in that, like, knowing life partner sense. And then I turn back and say, you know what? I really understand where you're coming from on the scale of things, but you killed the one-armed kid. Uh, and then I just throw down uh, the the Klingon whip uh, and it turns in... If are they, How close are they? Um, oh, fuck it. I want it to be cool anyways. I throw <laughs> it down and it becomes a flamethrower because that's the dopest thing I can do. Uh, and then I want to hit uh, Xanthus with a scorching ray. Okay, roll for initiative. Ten for peppercorn. Eleven. Ooh. Three, damn it. <laughs> okay, and that was eleven for peppercorn. Mr. P- uh, for peppercorn? Okay. Yeah. Mr. Pig, what were you? Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I was the eleven. Yes. Peppercorn I was, was ten. ten. <laughs> Mr. Pig is eleven. Mercy is three. Correct. Just so eager. Just uh, no, I understand. Bit. I understand. <laughs> All right, and I will need to roll like 10 dice, so give me one sec here. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll, I'll never forget you, dead truffle axe body spray kid. <laughs> that kid was a good kid. Did he tell you his name? His name was Holden Caulfield. <laughs> oh, no, I'm kind of glad he's dead. I didn't, <laughs> I'm not a fan of that, that character. <laughs> yeah, I uh, didn't read that book. <laughs> no. Uh, no comment. All right. Overrated. So um, I like that this is like talking about books is you're like, we need to stay calm in a battle chat. Just like, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's like your book club is combat. Um, <laughs> so uh, great. So top of the round um, is Mr. Pig because he broke the standoff. I'm going to give Xanthus uh, an attack of opportunity as you drop the turret. Yeah. Um Oh, Ooh, Xanthus. Rolls, <laughs> rolls a one. Legitimately rolls a one. Ooh. I wish I could say I'm rigging these rolls. I'm just really fucking bad at this game today. <laughs> um, so uh, uh, he goes to fire. Um, and I think as he does, uh, when you share the meaningful look with Mercy, knowing what that means, um, Mercy, I think you just flick a dagger out. So he goes to fire the, the pistol and just shears off the barrel. Um, so it explodes in his hand and he just kind of yells and drops yes. it. Um, and, uh, yeah, as he does so, he like looks down at his hand in, in horror and rage, um, and then looks up, sees the turret, uh, and you see him kind of throw one hand over his head, um, and cast shield. Uh, and then you just fucking light him up. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say the flamethrower, let's say it does. It's a 15 foot cone and I throw it wherever it could get the most people. So I think it's going to get... Wow. It'll take um, Xanthus and the two crossbowmen who are up front. Great. And And one of the thugs. Dex save, uh, DC 16 for all of them. Is that half damage on a success? I imagine so. Uh, Yeah. Okay, so one crossbowman, Xanthus, and the thug save. One does not. One crossbowman does not. Uh, 11 damage for the ones who do not save a half rounding down. Is that how it works? Yes. Or, yeah. Then five for anyone who saved. 
Uh, and then I fire all three scorching rays <laughs> at Xanthus. Because I just want that motherfucker to die. Shit. <laughs> all right, so... You know what? He, uh, he looks rich to me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. That is a dirty 20 to hit. Yep. That is a 9 to hit. Yep. Whoa. Oh, wait, sorry. No, I thought you yeah, said 19. Was, no, I was like, that's a 9. I was no, like, I'm sorry. That, that was late night autopilot. this guy's ass. <laughs> Xanthus sucks. Why? Why did I wear this paper medical skirt to combat? Yeah, and that's a 22 to hit. No, but the 9 does. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, two hits. Cool. Uh, I'm just... Tyler, can I borrow a D6 from you? Yes. Thank you, sir. There you go. So, for the first hit on Xanthus, it is... Uh, I don't add magical stuff to this, right? This is just, no, no, this okay. is just pure. The first yeah. one's seven, and the second one is uh, six. So that's an additional 13 damage Damn from Scorching son. Rays. Um, all right, so despite the shield, um, you just uh, you see him kind of uh, battered and kind of drops to a knee. Um, he looks uh, looks hurt. Still, like, not, not bloody hurt, but hurt, hurt. Uh, okay, cool. Um, next up, we have... Um, uh, the prince's guards. So, um, for the sake of not rolling against myself a bunch, uh, I'm going to say the guards engage um, the two thugs who didn't get hit by the fire. Great. Um, fortunately, the thugs win one and lose one. So, uh, one guard is dead and one thug is dead. Okay. Um, so, they're kind of just like, imagine those melees kind of occurring uh, over the edge. So, that is one thug down. Um, great. Next up, we have uh, Mr. Pig. Oh, I get to go again. You had a surprise round. Me likey. Okay. Um, it's a bonus action, so I'll just fire the flamethrower again. <laughs> yep, go ahead. <laughs> it's still parked. It's just deck safe, so we got to find out who, who dodges what. Oof, none of them. <laughs> Excellent. Dodge shit. Nice. <laughs> Two damage. Oh, shit. Double All right. Ones. Well, yeah. it's, I, it's low on gas. These <laughs> are the thing. You, you got to watch out. I, I, I thought this one was going to be a force ballista. <laughs> it is enough to kill one of the two crossbowmen. I'll take the wins where I can get them. <laughs> uh, and then I yell my real catchphrase When you're this pig, they call you Mr. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> Riker is like, my entire body is horrible, twisted pain. But honestly, that makes me feel a bit better. <laughs> Wonderful. And then, so there are what, two people in so front of you? So currently, um, you've got Xanthus, one crossbowman. Behind Xanthus is one thug. To, we'll say, the left, um, there is the guard that lost, so another thug. To the right, there is a guard who won. How far apart are they? Uh, probably, we'll say, 40 feet. Yeah, that's not good enough. Uh, uh, Fucking 30. 30. No, no, no. This is, I got like a 15 foot I'm not cube, trying to do you a favor. I no, just no, realized no, like yeah. 40 feet is an absurd amount. Of, <laughs> like this octagon they is were still walking while we talked. <laughs> um, yeah, no. Why Why get fancy? I'm not. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to blow all these beautiful spell slots. Fuck, fuck Xanthus. Uh, I'm going to hit him with another Scorching Ray. Just like an endless wave of fire <laughs> sure. from me and from everything else. It's an 18 to hit. Uh, yes. It's a nat one. And that is a 17 to hit. A 17 will not. 
All right, I'll, t- I'll, I'll take my one where I can get it. <gasps> Sorry. It's uh, six damage. Okay. From that. And um, for your one... I'm out of magic. I don't oh, need your okay. dining right, Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, for your one, I'm going to say... Ah, Jesus, what's it going to be? Blam, blam, blam. Fire. Uh, oh shit, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to come up with what a, a critical. What if for we just? What if we just include that as I forgot for all of these scorching rays to add the D eight damage that I would for using my magical thing. So we just <laughs> remember that we forgot that and make that a choice. Sure, let's do that. <laughs> shit, God, that sorry, been, retroactive Ryan. That would have been three D eight additional damage. So this is a good trade. Oh Damn. my uh, I tell you what, I'll give you one D eight of that because that's that's a lot of damage. Yeah. Also, it's a boss let's fight. Let's all say it together. That's a lot of damage. <laughs> That's another three damage. All right. A lot of hamage. <laughs> Thank there you. There it is. Well done. Hua. Uh, peppercorn. Oh, boy. Um, so we've only lost two enemies, right? So they're down to three total? Uh, that that is, right? So there's Xanthus and two thugs. All right, sorry. There's... Uh, fuck. If we're looking directly ahead, directly ahead of you, there is Xanthus and a crossbowman. Behind them are two thugs. Ah. Got it. Okay, and that's kind of the remaining. That is the remaining. The okay. remaining adversaries. We have one guard still up from the prince, and then all y'all. Tom, okay. I don't know the rules on movement. Can I turn into a pig? You you cannot turn into a pig. <laughs> no, I mean you can you can make yourself more feral, but I understand that you don't turn into <laughs> you a don't, pig. You're not an animorph. <laughs> I I really want it. I I you just d- become more piggy. Your snout gets more more pronounced. Your your teeth get you a get big piggy. Tusks or something. Yeah. Okay, I'll, I I want to go full piggers. That's right. what I want. Is I just want to go piggy as hell. All right. So yeah, what? your 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 voice gets a bit more slobbery. Uh, your teeth get longer. Your snout gets more pronounced. The smell gets worse. Uh, yep. Yeah. This is the form that Mercy first loved me in. The uh, <laughs> the fedora falls backwards off your head as as a, a bunch of bristly boar fur comes out of. Yeah, but uh, it gets caught on my tail. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Right, now fine. no one can get advantage on me. That's why I did this. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, you're super alert like the pig. Um, <laughs> Power yeah. of pig, protect me. <laughs> All right. Peppercorn, what you got? Uh, yeah, so I'm just going to fire uh, my rifle at uh, the crossbowman mm-hmm. uh, near, nearest to Xanthus. That's probably not going to hit. That's a... Uh, excuse me, that's a 14. Uh, that will not hit. No. Okay. Uh, then I'm gonna also just say, uh, uh, "Sick him, Baxley," <laughs> and uh, as my bonus action, I'll send Baxley into the fray to do an attack uh, on the crossbowman. Let's say, what is uh, what does Baxley attacking look like? Uh, it's just a little corgi just wiggling his little <laughs> legs just as fast as he can. He's actually like a speedy little guy, uh, but uh, that, that it is terrifying. just those little dog legs yeah, just yeah. going. Uh, he can also cast your touch spells if he touches someone. I have no offensive touch ah, spells. Okay, uh, I cast <laughs> I cast cure wounds on the crossbowman <laughs> through he my. Needs it. Yeah, he, he appreciates you. <laughs> um, he's he's just going to go in and he's going to do a bite. He's going to. Oh. It's called. Uh, God, it's got a crazy ass name. It's called a force empowered rend. Jesus Ooh. Christ! Ooh. I guess because it's not necessarily depending on what form it takes, it might not be biting. Sure, yeah. Anyway, so he's gonna rend this guy. Jesus. 
so Kylo Ren. Let me just Ugh. refer to this here. Oh, that's probably not going to hit either. Um, plus four to hit. Okay, so that's a total of seven to hit. That will not hit. All right. Uh, he leaps for the crossbowman. Uh, the crossbowman uh, has an eye for things cute and is like, oh, adorable corgi. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> and uh, sidesteps. It's a little <laughs> clanking metal corgi. <laughs> it's almost like it's not like you don't hear servos. It's just clanking. It's just, <laughs> it's just <laughs> like clank, 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 clank as he comes oh, running. Oh, God. That's, that's, that's so that's good. Like, that's, that's the clanking of his like, little paws. Like he's yeah. like, yeah. It's that clank, 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 clank. He does that clank, terrible clank, bark clank. that the dog in the future of South Park does. He's just like bark, 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 bark. Okay, <laughs> um, that brings us to Xanthus. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he's been pretty fucked up. Um, but, um, he growls like, um, I guess it was always meant to end this way, old friend. Uh, and then he's going to, uh, cast fireball at, mm-hmm. uh, Avalon. So currently, um, I'm right there. Yeah. You're right there, Mr. I think of probably all of you. So go yeah. ahead and roll your, roll your dodges. It's a deck save, right? Uh, yes. That's, uh, an 18. Eight. It's a dirty 20 for Mr. Pig. Um, all right. So, uh, <laughs> I'm such a slippery pig. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Mr. Pig Shit. and uh, Peppercorn, you managed to dodge. Um, unfortunately, Mercy, you do not. Yeah. All right. So going to roll some dice for a while. Just give me a sec here. Having uh, cast Fireball many times mm. as another character, you know this... I'm, I'm not feeling too great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, really sucks to be on the receiving end. Uh, so that is uh, 35 points of damage. <laughs> and half if we pass, right? <gasps> That's correct. So that 17, 17 for you and I. Oh, um, Avalon uh, just kind of like screams in agony and, uh, and, and falls to the ground. He's okay, right? Sure, let's go with that. Um, we'll say the prince kind of like starts trying to like put him out. Um, using his cloak to Did just the prince get hit. Um, I'm going to say the guard took the prince's hit. Cool. Mm. Uh, so the guard is dead. Guard is very, very dead. And he's coming over to pat this guy down. Yep. Okay. Like, nope, nope, nope. You need to, we, we need to get to cover immediately. And I'm going <laughs> to grab him and run whenever I can. Okay. Uh, even if you just direct him to do that, like he, he looks conflicted, but then he remembers that, uh, you've got lifelink and he's like, uh, <laughs> I want to try and save this man who's obviously dying, but also I don't want, to be the cause of your death. It's not that bad. He looked that melted before. Fuck. Uh, and he just, uh, yeah, he runs and kind of like dies for cover out of the octagon. So he's now out of harm's way. Okay. Um, but his guard is gone. Okay. Um, which brings us to uh, Avalon. Ah! <laughs> uh, I never should have opened that portal. <laughs> um, brings us to the top of the round. Do um, I get to do anything? Oh, shit. Mercy, you're number three. Yes, you do now. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, Sorry, technically, you got to go before that screaming I just did. So, <laughs> <okay>. apologies. <laughs> this happens in. in it, it, it doesn't make a now. difference. It wouldn't have distracted me or anything. Um, <laughs> She's immune to screaming. <laughs> she was a former medic. I am. These um, are my lullabies. Where, where is uh, Mr. Pig in relation to me? Uh, right next to you. Like, he's. Right yeah. Okay. Also, I've had my ass kicked by that fireball, yeah, to be clear. Yeah, yeah, um, So what I want to do is uh, basically 
run in front of Mr. Pig. I, and I want to be, um, get myself between, um, him and Xanthus. Yeah. You can close the distance yeah. between you and Xanthus. Then he's not I, that far away. Then I want to do kind of like a, basically a, a leap that will get me right. Sure. Right in front of Xanthus to just get my freaking battle axe just like right into the side of his head. Okay, if go I ahead. Can. Um, and I'll hit, um, I'll do two attacks mm-hmm. as well. Um, I kind of imagine it like kind of chopping down a tree. Ooh, okay. Kind of like in that, like, I just want to like two swings, like as hard as I fucking can. Thwack, thwack. Yeah. And I'll do uh, precision on that first one. Sure. Do my math. Eighteen to hit on that, the first one. Yeah, barely hits, but yes. And twenty-two to hit on the second one. Yep, do it. Yes. Uh, so damage. That's six on the first one. Hold off the table. You have to say Jumanji, or it doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, oh, that's nice. And 14 on the second one. Um, As your first axe swing comes down, you just, like, as the the axe is passing through the air, you just think about Mr. Pig squealing behind you in in pain and fear. And even you've spent so much time rediscovering the joy of murder, but there is one fleshy, fleshy thing in the world that you would do anything to save. So channeling all of your rage, you swing your axe down, and the first one cleaves deep into his chest and you rip your axe out and seeing again from a surgeon's perspective, this is a very good entry wound. Um, you swing it again and you cut Xanthus in half. Um, and the kind of top part of his body slides off sideways. Um, and he just looks at you in kind of, um, horror, uh, and reaches up, kind of drags a bloody hand across your, your white chassis, and as he locks eyes with you in, in almost fear, he just says, there will be more. And then he falls off to the side dead. And then I just, I kind of look up for a second. I said, and just kind of say to myself, like, this didn't bring me joy. Damn. Uh, so the other guards immediately drop their shit because this is not a great scene for them no more. Yeah. Um, they kind of look at the flamethrower. They look at all of you. Here's my question to you, band of quote-unquote heroes. Uh, they've rendered themselves uh, defenseless. What do you do? Uh, I'll I'll pop up from behind cover with my rifle on them, and I'll be like, drop them. Uh, and uh, and uh, I will say, uh, are you the only ones left? Is there anyone else outside waiting to come down or anything like that? No, it's just them. They, they were the only ones who survived the, the Mornlands. Great. Uh, oh, I uh, killed them. I flamethrower <laughs> the one guy while you shoot the other. Yeah. They committed train genocide. <laughs> yep. Fuck these yeah. people. Yeah. Yep. So um, with uh, <laughs> with no hesitation, you uh, you put down the rest of the mercenaries. And then I, I walk up to Mercy, and I was like, you know what? I thought we were going to die today. I thought it was going to be a real mess. But it's time for me to do the thing I've been waiting all day to do over, like, covered in blood. Everything's yep. disgusting. But I get down on one knee, and I reach into one pocket, and I take out the chain that I got at the beginning of this adventure. And I reach into my other pocket, and I take out a collection of rings that have melted together into a ball. And I say, <laughs> for my people, you know, 
you got to do the old ball and chain, which means one of us has got to have one and one of us has got to have the other. But I'd like to get married. I'd like to spend the rest of my organic life with you until you continue onwards as a vaguely superior being and how you made up. Will you marry me? (laughs) This is a ridiculous gift, but I do love you. So, okay. (laughs) And And she said... Okay. And Peppercorn is crying <laughs> and clapping. Prince Orgev is also crying because you're still linked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't I, know these people, I but I her, guess you do. And I turn to the prince and I'm like, listen, you know, it's a big deal. This is kind of one of those big days, but you're, if we imagine that this is a ship and you're the captain because you're a prince and this yeah, is the deep Yeah, I was actually going to recommend that. You want to get married right now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, legitimately, I'm so hard. I, I don't know if I'm going to make it out. Peppercorn uh, is in hysterics. He's just like, marry them. This is beautiful. <laughs> Look, There's a chance I might die, so let's do this. Look, um, a lot of terrible things have happened here in, in my homeland, and I've been trying to show my people that there's, there's a way forward. And knowing that something like this, that, that two people so different who love each other so much that they're willing to sacrifice everything for each other uh, can find love and can bring love to this world means that for all the bad that's happened here, in this small act, you've brought good, and you've brought a cure to the Mornlands. So, by the power vested in me, by all the people you just killed, and a lot of other people, but in the name of the nation of Seer, I pronounce you pig and warforged. With the destruction of Seer, is this a legal ceremony? Yes, I knew Seer also recognizes my authority. I, I, I have a seat on the Security Council, for Christ's sake. It's so beautiful. <laughs> Shut uh, up and kiss your pig. Yeah, so so we we kiss. I'm still extra pig. Yeah. Uh, our our version of kissing is basically like looking into each other's eyes and probably just touching palms. Like yeah, I think we're, nice. we're both kind of yeah. our own yeah. weird monster people. And then he like he drapes the the like the diamond chain over your hands and like forces the ball in between yeah. them. He's like, uh, I, there we go. Yeah, thank you for that. Also, uh, knowing that you're here and we can kind of do things legally, we'd like to adopt Peppercorn. Wait, what? <laughs> this will be our son. No, hold on. I'd like. I'm like 35 years old. You know what? Age is just a number. I'm I now 350. Pronounce it. Well, all right. I guess that does make you like my... That, give, that definitely gives you mob status over me. I now pronounce uh, you son of these wonderful monsters. <laughs> now, if it's okay with all of you, I'm terrified and would like to go home. I, uh, That's fair. Yeah, let's take them home. <laughs> so, um, you, unless you want to be like the grandpa. I think I'm good. <laughs> All right, um, just check it. So um, all of you uh, step into the portal um, and go home. You reappear <laughs> back in... Uh, I'll have to call my former parents. <laughs> Let them know things have changed. You, they, they, can, uh, they can still come to Pygmas. <laughs> you appear back in uh, a facility of House Corinth um, in Sharn, and uh, you appear to some very surprised scientists... Uh, who immediately draw weapons uh, until the prince kind of uh, talks them down. Um, You make your way uh, back uh, to the mechanical top hat um, to Carmilla Falstaff, um, who is incredibly grateful and uh, kind of horrified at at what you had to endure. And uh, though she's saddened by uh, the loss of Varen, she she swears to get to the bottom of the leaks in her organization. Um, None of you notice the shifty-looking butler... Um, sort of narrow her eyes and, and step off uh, into the shadows to speak to someone. Um, I guess we give her that shape changer that Mercy's been carrying yep. for 10,000 years. Yep. So um, 
we the, wearing like Ebola this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, that's so, how we know we have a witness. That's why the wedding was legal. So uh, the prince expresses his his gratitude and the gratitude of his people and says that you're, you're all uh, sort of honorary citizens now, and um, he hopes that one day. Um, when his nation is restored, um, that uh, he'll be able to recognize you proper. Um, and uh, you get the sense that uh, even though most of the people you met on the train were monsters, uh, that this, this man is in fact a, a, good, a good one. Um, the, not everyone who was aboard the train died. Uh, the train wreck was, was messy, um, but a lot of people managed to survive. Um, there was a, an orc in a warforged who managed to get a lot of people out um, and uh, take care of them until help could arrive. Um, it's become a legendary disaster, and um, House Dayneth has fallen into um, not uh, it's fallen out of grace um, with some of the other houses. Uh, it still has a seat, but now it's is treated with great suspicion. Uh, although they were able to pass the buck mostly to Xanthus. Um, Mr. Pig and Mercy, um, as a married couple, uh, Carmilla uh, congratulates you both. And uh, although she looks a little disappointed when she finds out that Mercy's taken, um, she uh, she offers to uh, send you and your newly adopted son um, <laughs> on a, uh, a honeymoon of sorts. Um, there's a, sort of an island just off the coast. Um, that's known as a place of rest and relaxation. She says, look, I know for people like us, that there's never any real rest, but... At least for a couple of days, just go, just go and take a breath, you know. Um, so uh, with that, um, the three of you kind of make your way uh, to a ship, a small ship, um, a comfortable-looking ship. It's it's there's no like it's like run by just a random guy who comes out in shorts. He's like, "Hello, <laughs> um, hey, Captain Rod." Hey, thank you. It's good to see you guys. Uh, this is my uh, my first mate. Uh, you might know him. His name's uh, uh, Stinky Pete. And I got Slutty Dave over here, and uh, we're going to take good care of you guys. Um, so the three of you kind of shuffle aboard the, the boat. Mercy, I think you're kind of uncertain about what, what vacation is. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. the three of you kind of having um, uh, done a job well done or received uh, basically a royal edict and um, having been given a tremendous amount of wealth, uh, you literally begin to sail off into the sunset. Uh, what are the final things you say to each other before you go off to your vacation? Uh, how, why did you want to adopt me, guys? Because uh, if you're this pig, you call this family. I'm not exactly sure what that means, but it was his call. So you're just up for it? All right. I, guess, I mean, I was up for it, so I mean, I'm not one to judge, but... Family, and so uh, the three. Why of you, aren't you saying family? <laughs> uh, you continue to bicker as the ship makes its way off into the sunset. Our Eberron one shot features the voices of Ryan Laplante at the Ryan Laplante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Laura Elizabeth at El Hamstring on Twitter, and of course our awesome DM is Tom McGee at McGee TD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan Laplante, and all of Dum Dums and Dice's art is by Decapitated Markers at Decapitated Marker. That's M R K R on Twitter. This show's theme music is Gothic Trip with Thunder Horse by Damiano Baldoni, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar J A A. 
H-Z-Z-A-R, all available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com, our Twitter and Instagram at dumdumdice, or on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. But most importantly, we've got merchandise at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice, or you could join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks for listening. Smash that like button and show your love to one shots. DJ one shots out of here. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. Carmilla Falstaff um, approaches a, a forest. Um... And she's greeted by um, a couple of changelings who come out wearing robes and they're overjoyed to see her. Uh, but their faces fall as she explains to them what's occurred. Uh, and they say, we, we were worried about this. This is, uh, we've been worried about this for some time. Uh, and Carmel says, I, I, I understand that. That's why I brought you this. But uh, it's up to you now. I don't think there's much more that, that I can do or that they can do. And they, uh, the guardians, the gatekeepers say, we, we've got this. Don't worry. And um, they make their way a little bit further back into the woods. Um, and then they take off their robes and redress in um, sort of tunics and um, sort of more foresty garb. Um, and as they walk deeper and deeper into the forest, gradually uh, their surroundings begin to change. Mystically, the forest gets deeper. The trees become different. It almost begins to look like a different space. And uh, one turns to the other and says, well, do, you, do you think we'll be able to stop the Great Collide in time? And... Uh, the one with the scroll says, well, hopefully, I mean, this is, this is why we've kept this enclave safe. This is why we've, we've trained all of them. Um, I know a few of them have slipped away, um, uh, from the scouting reports we've heard from the other side. Uh, they're working with some, some wizard, some, some glass staff asshole. I don't know. I don't, I don't understand how Faerun works, but hopefully she will. And, uh, the other changeling turns back and says, do you think she'll ever realize that she's from here? And uh, the one with the scroll says, well, hopefully not. At this point, she's the only hope we've got. And then they walk into a circle where a changeling named Moss sits meditating by a fire. And they come up and put a hand on her shoulder and say, Moss, the time has come. Your quest calls. Here, take this scroll and go find your destiny. The Fable and Folly Network where fiction producers flourish.